Hello everyone and welcome back as promised to the finale of Motivational Monday Season 2 on the Memoirs Through a Blind Woman's Eyes. This is Riley here and I have somebody with me as promised. Hi everybody, it's Christy. Riley's reborn doll again. Yep, I'm back and I've got Christy as a special guest because in our finale... What are we talking about today, Christy? Treating your children as equals, whether they have a disability or not. Yep. And I let Christy say that because, you know, there are lots of people out there who have kids that have disabilities, but they have other kids that don't. Now, Yes, there are going to be different things that you need to do different when you raise them because of their disability. But that doesn't mean you have to love them differently is basically what we're saying. Yes, you're going to have to raise them differently if they're wheelchair bound or they are deaf. You're going to have to learn sign language. You're going to have to learn technology to assist your blind kids, you know, to teach them, you know. Because to be honest, if you're a parent, if I was sighted and my child was blind, I'll be point blunt honest. I would love to learn the technology that my kids know if I was in that situation. You know, I would. Not because I want to be blind, but because I want to be able to see things from their perspective too. You know, I want to learn the stuff that they do because I want to be able to help them through when they're struggling with something. I want to know what their problem is. I want to be able to help them through it. That's why I would have done it if I was sighted and had a blind child. That is what I would have done. I would have learned the technology with them. And sadly, you know, yeah, I was spoiled in some ways because I got fancy dresses and things like that. But in other ways, I was sheltered because I wasn't allowed to know children who were different. And uh-uh, no, 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 uh-uh, you don't raise your kids that way. Sorry, you don't. Don't make them run from people who have differences than them, especially young kids. Don't let them learn that because then they, they learn that growing up and then they hide from people with developmental disabilities or they hide from different things. Uh-uh. No. No, 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 no. Love them as equals. Teach them that there are children with special needs. You know, you know, that, you know there's differences. There are people in wheelchairs. The only thing that ever scared me about somebody in a wheelchair was I was afraid they'd run me over with it because the wheels were like six inches out the side of the daggum chair. And I thought they was going to hit me. I wasn't actually scared of the person in the chair. I was scared of the chair because I thought it was going to hit me. And I also thought it was going to hurt the person's fingers because they were wheeling the wheels, right? They had their hands on the, on the, the big jumbo wheels with them dang things had one of those manual chairs oh my gosh and I actually asked the adult I said is that gonna run your fingers over <laughs> I mean I was curious and he goes oh no because I'm not my fingers aren't underneath 
because I thought it would scratch his fingers or whatever because, you know, it's wheels and they move fast. I thought it would hurt his fingers. I mean, when you're that little and you don't see people with disabilities, and he was the coolest dude ever. And also, when I was like two or three, there was a, a guy there that was probably 18, and he had a disability that would ultimately kill him. And he would never have kids of his own, right? So what did they do? They sat me in his lap so that he could have the experience of holding a child. I was like two, two or three years old. I was just a little thing. And it was in one of these programs like I'm in now. I was in the one where I lived when I was young. I was in their preschool. I was the only time I was around people with disabilities. And he was in a wheelchair and was sliding around there like a maniac in his wheelchair, you know? And, you know, they even have reborns with disabilities. Yep. They've got a kit with Down syndrome. Two of them, I think, in fact. Right, Mommy? Yeah, I believe there's two different ones, yes. Yeah, I, I cannot remember the name off the top of my head, but yeah, they have two different kits that are Down syndrome. They have a baby with dwarfism, Nino, that has a chondroplasia. Um, they have my little boy TJ over here. He has a disability, and you can see it. If you look at him, the way his, his hands are, you can tell he has a motor disability. You have blind reborns. They're basically, they're supposed to, we role play that they're blind, but they're actually sleepers. They call them sleepers. They have their eyes closed. But I role play that they can't see. You know, Emmanuel and Elizabeth are both blind. Emily over here has cerebral palsy. They have different races in reborns. I have a little black girl named Sierra. And then I have one named Karma, who's also black. Josiah is biracial. So they're, you know, they're, again, I have in my family, my older brother, Matthew. Hi, Uncle Matt. <laughs> she loves her Uncle Matt. He has... Two kids that are not his biologically. The world calls them stepkids. I don't claim them as stepkids. I claim them as nephews. But there you get there again. And the reason I do is because they don't they don't call me step aunt. <laughs> they don't use that word. I hate that word. I won't lie. Even though that's illegally the name of it, I hate that word. It just it just sounds like it's less. Just oh, I hate that word. That is one word I can't I cannot stand. But they're nephews from a previous relationship and one of them is biracial and he's one of these kids that don't mess with him holy yeah somebody picks on mommy that's not pretty from what mommy said oh yeah oh yeah it wasn't good it wasn't good and i can't even talk right now mommy yeah i know i noticed that i caught that I meant to say mommy said, not mommy Ted. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> anyway, that's normally not how I talk. That's my bad. But yeah, 
I did that on purpose because you know somebody's going to have a comment. Of course. Which, again, there you go again. You know, they make fun of people for, you know, messing up their lingo or, you know, if somebody has a speech impediment or something like that. And that intentionally was not the plan. But that, again, you know, some of the kids might not speak right away. Even if they don't have a disability, they might not talk right away. Or, you know, your kids... I know one who is has a very severe developmental disability. His is he hasn't developed mentally as much as his brother. But his dad and grandpa treated them, you know, his grandpa especially, treated them as equals. They, he loved them as equals. Even though the one was not disabled at all, they were still his grandbabies, both of them. And I'm friends with him to this day, the, the one that's disabled. The, the brother, I don't know him on Facebook. I don't have him on there, but, you know, good family. Very good family. You know, and, and the one that has the disability, he got his motorcycle license and everything. Because they pushed him to be all he could be. They, they, you know, they didn't overdo it. They didn't, you know, tell him he couldn't. They encouraged him. They didn't try to shove him away. And, and their support made him push himself. That's the thing. It made him push himself. He failed it. I think the, the guy said about 12 different times or more. He failed it. He kept failing it. But what did he do? He kept going and kept going and kept going. He didn't let people tell him, you can't do this. He didn't, uh-uh, mm-mm, brother, no, no, sir. He did not let them tell him, no. You know, in the Rose Garden, that's what the Reborn Rose Garden is. You know, paralleling my Reborn's podcast with this, that's what the Reborn Rose Garden is all about. We have children that are black, white. We have infected. We have a fairy changeling. We have children with disabilities. We take in rescue reborns. That's what we do. And we, you know, even though, yeah, it's still, it's role play, but still in the real world, you know, kids with disabilities have to wait to be adopted because nobody wants to step up and say, hey, I want to do this. There's a family, and I better not get any hate messages for this because I will be very pissed off. I won't lie. When I say the person's name, if I get any derogatory remarks, I am going to go off the handle. There is a family on YouTube that I follow, six blind kids. The parents are Karen and Joe, and that is where I heard about this, that people with developmental disabilities have to wait and wait and wait. And some of them are never adopted. They're put in the state care because people don't want to step up and be a parent to them. And Karen and Joe have six blind kids. That's no pun. That's the truth. And some of them, what, Christy? Have multiple disabilities. Yep. Blind and autistic. And there's even others 
Don't they have conditions you said you never heard of? Yeah, some of them, yeah, some of them have eye conditions I've never even freaking heard of. Which, they have that in common with me because I had never heard of one of my eye conditions at all. Ever. One of them I've heard because it's popular, which is optic nerve hypoplasia. That's popular. That's one of, one of the, you know, ones that you hear about a lot. But my other eye condition, keratoconus, <laughs> everybody goes, what the hell is that? Which I always get a kick out of it because I said, when people react that way, I start laughing. She does. She does. Yeah, I completely lose my mind because it's so funny because that was what I said to my doctor. The exact words was, what the hell is that? that? I mean, that was exactly how I reacted because I was stunned. I'm like, what is that? So he took one of them stress balls. He had a, one of them stress balls in the room for people if they, you know, have stress over a doctor's appointment or whatever. And he took the ball in his hand and squeezed it. And he goes, this is what your, you know, cornea looks like. It's thinning your cornea, and it's looking like this. It looks like a cone in your eye. And I'm going, oh, okie dokie then. And even my doctor that I had for 30-some years, was it scared the shit out of him. When he saw my keratoconus, because he could actually see it with a naked eye. You can see mine because it's that bad in my right eye. You can see it with a naked eye because at first he's thinking, no way. That's not, you can't. But when he saw it, he freaked and he goes, oh my. And it scared him, you guys, to the point where he's like, oh my gosh, I got to get a cornea specialist. I got to find out because this looks dangerous. You know, because he was worried that it was going to protrude. And so he did. And he says, I've never heard of it doing that very often. So she's okay. Because, I mean, it scared him to death. He was terrified. Because he didn't want his patient to have a problem. You know, and, and here's the thing. Speaking of doctors. Now, how many doctors would think of their disabled patient in this sort of way? You mean Dr. Reyes? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you told me about him. Wasn't he Filipino? Yep. He is cool. Wait till you hear this, you guys. Yeah, I was going to go see Dr. Reyes. And when I walked in, I'm sitting there and he comes in. Just the person I was looking for. I was hoping you were still coming. I was hoping you didn't cancel on me. And I'm like, no. He goes, I wanted to talk to you about something. And mind you, he didn't do his job yet. He wasn't doing his job. He goes, I made something on my induction cooker yesterday, and I thought of you. And he starts describing what an induction cooker is, and I'm going. I'm looking at my friend like, what the hell? <laughs> because basically, it heats up, but it does not burn you, from what he said. It heats up, but you can, it, does not, it will not burn you. They have it for stovetop. They have... Um, I don't know what all they have, but they have different ones. And he was telling me about it. He said, you need one. You need one. And it was so funny because he's like, everything he, I mean, he was just, you tell them you need a dog. <laughs> you know, he, I mean, he was so cool. He was a cool doctor. And I mean, he made going to the doctor relaxing because he never made me feel weird when I was there. He never made me feel out of place. 
But it was just so funny. The first thing he did, he didn't give me my physical first. Oh, no. He had to tell me about the induction cooker. I mean, and that's what I mean. Treating people as equals. And especially if you're a parent and you have kids, you know, some that aren't disabled, some that are disabled. Treat them as equals. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to raise some of them differently because they have to have adaptations and stuff or, you know, you have to help them with homework differently and things like that. But love them as equals. Don't say that one can't do something if the other can't do it. Or, you know, like, and what I mean by that is, okay, well, mom, I want to go and spend some time with my friends. Okay, go ahead, son. And then your your disabled child is like, hey, I want to go spend time with mine. Nope, you're not going anywhere. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't tell them they can't do that. Let them socialize too. I, I mean, talk to the other parents as well. I mean, let them hang out with their friends. Let them get to meet their friends and, and know their friends. Don't just shut them out just because, you know, you don't want them to see their friends. Don't shut them out of their friends' lives like that. Don't shelter them to the point where they're scared of, you know, going to see their friends because then they, when they're older, they won't want to do things as adults either. I mean, that's really sad when, you know, oh, I can't do anything because, you know, my parents don't want me to do things because I'm disabled. What? That's awful. You know, it really, really is. And, and you don't want to do that. You really, really don't want to do that. Just treat them. How would you want to be treated if you were in their shoes? Wouldn't you want to be treated as an equal? I bet you would. I would. Exactly. And we're hoping down the road, I'm hoping to get a set of child twins. And Christy, what is the one? Nonverbal autistic little boy. Yep. Nonverbal autistic. And the reason I chose autism is because I know a lot about autism because I had a friend who had it. And since I'm not good at boy voices, <laughs> I mean, I could probably pull it off if I had a little bit of a coating on my throat, like a carbonation or something. I could probably drop my voice down deeper, but to make a boy sound, I don't know if I could do that because my voice isn't lower. But um, I had a friend who was nonverbal autistic. And, but it was funny, he could, I mean, he could communicate his own way in the way he did it. And my friend Emily, she, she couldn't talk, but she would communicate with hand gesturing, you know, with her hands or, or you know, um, for example, I'll give you an example. I was dancing and there was this pervert guy staring at me, right? I was with her. Now, mind you, he had a disability too, but he was being a real perv, which... It wasn't his disability that made him a perv. He was just, he was just, that was, the, that was his nature. He was just a pervert. And he was staring at me, right? Well, my bra strap was hanging down out of my shirt. It fell down and I didn't know it. Because mind you, you're dancing. You're not paying attention. Well, Emily knows, okay, she can't see that. So she reached over and 
tapped me on the arm with her hand. Hey, your strap's down. Because she couldn't tell me. She couldn't speak that and tell me, hey, your bra strap fell down. So she just reached over and tapped me on the shirt sleeve, letting me know, hey, your strap's down. And I was able to pull it up. Then, a little bit later, her staff looks up and she's missing. Now, mind you, these, these organizations, they normally will not allow somebody with a disability to guide somebody else with a disability. The staff has to do it, right? Well, this, this is one time where they did, they, they were right on. Because they, they usually, um, they get upset and they correct them. Well, they didn't in this instance because Emily took off with me. Where did she take me? The ladies' room. She went in, leaned out of her chair, not all the way, just leaned out, pushed the door open, looked in, made sure that the, the toilet was clean and everything before taking hold of my hand and bringing me around to the front of her chair and showing me where the door was for the stall. Because she couldn't verbalize. She could not communicate. She didn't have a talker like my little girl does. Or if she did, she never brought it with her usually. So she had, because she, she liked communicating her own way. But, you know, she was so, so cool. Was and still is. And I'm not exactly sure. I'm thinking she had cerebral palsy, but I could be wrong. But, you know, she is such a sweetheart. And then you had my Aunt Sherry that I mentioned to you that a, a long time ago that had CP and she couldn't talk either when they first got her. But then she started to learn a little bit of words. She could, you know, she had the, you know, vocabulary of a, of a little child. She couldn't say much. And she was so cool. She is and was. Even though she's gone. She was so fun. Was always wanting to hear music and I was always jamming to oldies and you know, she loved the 50s and 60s as much as I did. And I'd sing stuff to her. And so if, you know, some of those stories or some of them songs get to me during my little birthday thing, it's because they're songs that me and her used to sing together and I, or I used to sing to her. So, you know, she was so, so, so fun. My Aunt Sherry, she was a was a beautiful person. And, and that was an example right there of a child who wasn't loved by her own parents. Because she was a twin. Her sister, Shelly, wasn't even, you know, deformed or nothing. She wasn't disfigured or deformed or nothing. But Sherry was, and they shoved her away. And she became a foster child of my step-grandma. And, like, again, like I said, I hate that word, but it's, yeah, it is what it is. And they adopted her, and she ended up living her life and getting, she developed, you know, a, a you know, a, a basically looked more human than she did because she looked Guys, she looked just so, so frail and skinny. And she looked like a filled out, you know, human. 
I mean, yes, she still was disfigured and everything because of all of the bullshit her mother did while she was pregnant. But she was a, you know, she got to be more human than she got to be because she was just, they had her just laying around doing nothing. They didn't let her do anything. And that's what I mean when I said she developed into a, you know, more more of a human because they treated her like more of a human. Is how I is what I mean by that. She was a human, but she was treated like she wasn't. And it's it's disturbing. It is very disturbing that she, you know, she filled out because she was so thin and frail. She filled out, filled her body out as much as she could, and then. Became, you know, began to be more independent, as independent as she could be without, you know, they let her sleep on the big girl bed when I was living there. Like when I'd come down there and stay for a week or whatever, when I would stay there with them, they, they had her sleep in the room with me on the big girl bed because she'd sleep in a baby bed unless I was there or somebody was there that could stay by her. Most of the time it was me when I was there. And she got to go out and do, you know, different things and got to enjoy life more. Got to be out in the sun because, heck, they just left her laying inside. It was awful. And her legs, literally, you guys, when they got her, my brother, if he was here standing here right now, her legs were literally, guys, I am not making fun of her when I say this. This is awful to even say this. Her legs were literally the size of a freaking quarter. I am not kidding. That's how thin and frail she was. I mean, it, it gut-wrenched me. It traumatized me, to be honest, to see her suffering like that. Because she was not loved by her biologicals at all. And it's awful. So love your kids. If you're going to make babies and one of them has a birth defect or a disability or whatever, don't shove them away like that. I'm going to be point blunt. You don't deserve a child if you do something like that. Because seeing somebody suffer like that, you wouldn't like that if it was you. I'm being point blunt here. I wouldn't do that if I had a child with a disability. I would not sit there and shove them away. Reborns or not, I would not shove my kids away. I have alternative babies. Zombies infected, you guys. Yep, I said it again. I've got infected reborns. And you know what? My friend Kate, she liked holding them. She wasn't afraid to pick them up. Nope. 
In fact, she asked Mommy if she could hold Tyson. She couldn't believe how heavy he was. <laughs> nope. She even picked me up. The yep, she did. <laughs> yep, she did. She's held almost all of us. She's got what? Maybe eight of us to go? Nine, maybe? Maybe at least eight or nine, I think. And by the time this comes out, she might even get to meet Braxton by that point. But, yeah, I have kids that are different than most. And they, I love them all the same. I don't dislike any of them at all. Even my Rose Garden, I say they're blessings from God. Because... They are not the cheapest things in the world to get, guys. And there's no way in heck I would treat any of them any differently. And like I said, the lead singer of the menus, for God's sake. Who do you got with you, Riley? Yep. 56 years old. Probably by the time this comes out, 57, and loves it. Comes up, hi guys. Isn't scared of them at all. And I mean, you go out and you see people that are different than you, don't pass judgment, embrace them. If they're not doing something wrong, Having a doll in their arm does not make them weird. Excuse me, younger generation. Give me a break. If somebody is carrying a lifelike doll in their arm, that does not make them weird. Quit looking at people like that. Learn some manners, kiddos. You wouldn't like that if somebody picked on you. Remember that. Exactly. Don't, don't be looking at people weird. Don't be making fun of people. Because I'm telling you, it's not nice. It's wrong. I get that usually from the younger crowd. The weird stares and the oh my gods. But people that are in their 40s or up, shit. They're up asking questions and laughing and having a ball with it. The older they are, the more they have fun with it. Heck, you got 80-some-year-olds asking you to feed the babies ice cream sandwiches. Yep. The baby wants an ice cream sandwich. I mean, how can you shoot them down when they go and go there? It's like... Even though they knew the baby couldn't eat the ice cream sandwich, but she used that to get me to get one. <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh my gosh. And it's funny. And the woman, mind you, again, 80s, late 80s, 
held the zombies without being afraid of them. That to me is incredible. So just think about things you say. Think about things you do. Don't pass judgment on people and don't. Don't treat people any differently. If you've got kids that are disabled and kids that aren't, yeah, you might do things different with them, but love them as equals. Yep, be good to your children. Love them. Because they're going to need you down the road. And if you're not there, that's really sad. Yep. So thank you for tuning in to this year's Motivational Monday. And we will be back next year sometime with Season 3. Bye, everybody. Thanks for allowing me to come on again. See you, everybody, next year for more Motivational Monday.